0: to meet you julia
1: yeah it's so nice to meet faith honestly the gun team has been great so every person i met on your team i love you guys so i'm definitely excited for the conversation i think it's going to be so awesome
0: julia i hear that you're in toronto
1: yes are you in toronto or no
0: i'm not in toronto but i grew up in buffalo so really close.
1: oh wow that's awesome yeah, yeah it's uh whereabouts are you located yourself
0: i'm in nashville now i've been yeah. here for almost 10 years
1: Oh so. my gosh. I've heard only the best things about Nashville. So I'm definitely excited. Lots of bachelorettes there. So that's like yes. the spot for it.
0: <laughs> yes. Tons of bachelorette parties. Thankfully, I live outside of like the downtown area. So I'm not having bachelorette buses, you know, drive down my street every day. But um, it is fun. It's definitely warmer than Buffalo and Toronto. So if you're looking for some place to thaw out,
1: i'm gonna put it on my list i'm gonna put it on my list
0: (laughs) have you did you grow up in toronto or did you move there
1: no so I, i i mean i moved to canada when i moved to canada like 15 years ago was mainly toronto and then now i'm kind of on the outskirts of toronto it's called like the gta so i definitely would love to move from toronto though i'm definitely a summer person so you know having the opportunity to work remote is definitely like motivating me and inspiring me to be like hmm where to next yeah
0: it's huge it's such a game changer i will say though in the summertime i flee back north because it gets so Mm. hot and humid here that it is like it's impossible to spend any time outside because you're just kind of you feel like you're on the inside of someone's sock all
1: the time (laughs) yeah not a vibe not a vibe no
0: not Mm. even a little bit
1: every day we're connecting more and more things to the internet in fact it's estimated that by 2030 each person will have an average of 15 devices connected to the internet at any given time the more devices you connect the more data you generate but what happens with all that data meet cirrus your companion in the digital world cirrus is a multi-layered solution combining hardware software and a tokenized ecosystem that enables you the creator To unlock true ownership of your largest digital asset, your data.
0: Well, Julia, I'm so excited to learn more about you and more about Cirrus Foundation. I have been like just creeping along as you guys have engaged with Gun.io devs. Every time there's a really cool company that comes through, our channel, our random channel in Slack lights up and everyone's like, look at this product. Everyone sign up.
1: Oh my God. Um,
0: So... Cirrus is definitely one of those. Um, So I guess to start, let's just I would love to hear a little bit more about you. um, And then we can jump into Cirrus and what you guys have been working on over there.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely give a little bit of a background as to how I ended up in this world of Web3. I honestly never thought that I would be in this industry. But I think like there's a saying, you know, the best things in life are very unexpected. And I definitely echo that across like (laughs) this decision. So for me prior to like, I went to business school, and then I worked a pretty corporate job. And this opportunity came through my network. And at first, like I did not have any knowledge of crypto. So I'm like, Oh, my God, like, no, for sure. This is like weird. This is a scam. Like, I don't know. And, and, and now that I'm in this space, it's like, that really is the first response from people that are not in it. So for me, even now that I'm in here, Mm -hmm. it's like, how do I spread that message to people that are curious about it and they're not intimidated or automatically going into the negative mindset um, of being like, well, what is crypto? It's so stupid. Why are you guys even doing this? Uh, Because I think it actually is very transformational and you know, how I got into Cirrus is through an opportunity, went through the interview process and right away, like when the vibe is right, the vibe is right. I just like resonate with the people, with the purpose, like, everyone comes from such different walks of life in our company. Like some people are coming from blockchain experience. Some people are coming from tech. Some people are coming from marketing. Um, But everybody is kind of bridged in this purpose-driven mindset of like, how do we bring impact to the world? How do we leverage this technology to like actually make an impact? And as soon as I like talked to everybody and we went, I went to like three rounds, I think of interviews. I was like, okay, like, these are my people. I'm just going (laughs) to jump ship. I'm going to switch industries and it was definitely a risk, not going to lie, but I think when you're a purpose-driven individual, like I've always kind of looked for, okay, well, what industry can I really resonate with and make this impact? I felt like, okay, let me try this. And definitely like the best decision of my life. I've been there, I've been at Cirrus for over a year now and just super grateful for like saying yes to opportunities that call to you and like that 5% curiosity. So yeah, that's kind of kind of my journey about Cirrus and how I ended up there.
0: So you're head of ops right now at Cirrus. Yes. And had you been head of ops elsewhere in another industry before?
1: No. So I was in a lot of operational roles. Um, I started off as a project manager in Cirrus and that was kind of my first initial role. And then I evolved into a more operational role, which is more so like, okay, great. There's all these things we're doing. We're in this you know, whirlwind of the day. There's all these projects, but who goes where and how do we actually like, structure out a process that's more efficient? so like a lot of the guys make fun of me because they're like oh julia like you're the police officer at this company because i just i got it i gotta get them in line but it's definitely rewarding as it is challenging but yeah it's awesome it's definitely like lots of learning lots of learning in this space lots of learning in my in my role and thankfully i love to learn so i'm like a little bit of a nerd so I, i definitely leverage that skill for sure
0: I know that we've got all kinds of awesome stuff to dig into about Cirrus, but I'd love to spend a couple more beats on your career journey because I feel like there's two kind of interesting threads here. And one is for for folks who are in any industry, uh, honestly, other than crypto, blockchain, even if you're at a traditional tech company, moving into crypto is such a unique, different space. And so if somebody's listening, who wants to make that career transition coming from somebody who has over the last year, what advice do you have for them to, as they like start their learning journey, just kind of like learning how to speak the lingo? um, How did you start and how would you advise somebody else does the same?
1: Yeah, I really love that question because this is actually something that I'm very passionate about, even like. Just getting more women into the space. You know, I work with all guys and I, I love them all hundred percent. But it's it's exciting to see like other women succeeding in this space and being curious about it. So my advice really is just like follow that curiosity. I mean, I think a lot of people have a pretty closed mind when it comes to crypto and they're like, Oh, it's just about the trading aspect of it and like FTX and cryptocurrency, and oh, it's down and the market's crashing and the market sucks. Like, what's the point of it? But The point really is so much deeper than that when we are unraveling this technology and like the power it has from a purpose standpoint, even when we're looking at developing countries and like how it can impact a person, um, because it's just a totally different ballgame. It's a totally different model of technology. And I think just be curious, be open minded. And you don't have to have a tech background, you know, like you can just be if you're an open minded, curious, like ambitious person who's here to like you have all this energy and drive to like create positive change just try. I think I'm always been like, open minded to try new things. And even if I don't know, I'm like, I'll learn, right? Like, I think that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing is just because you don't know, doesn't mean you're not going to know. And at first, I was like, so intimidated, I would be like studying all day, all night, reading articles, all these things, asking like the people at my work for different like, side chats to, to explore these concepts. And a lot of the guys like put me into the fire, like we would have calls, and they're, like pitch serious. And I'm like, oh my God, they're like, what's the blockchain? There's <laughs> so definitely a lot, a lot of growth for me. Um, but yeah. when you're in a really great environment, I think it takes all the pressure off. So don't put pressure on yourself. Just allow yourself to be. Talk to people, see if it actually calls to you. And if it does like follow that, you never know like what can really come of it. Um, a lot of the times we make assumptions that things aren't gonna work when in reality, they can work. You just have to be open to that idea. So I think that would be my biggest kind of advice, yeah.
0: That's so insightful. And I think you you got into the second part of my question about careers, which is uh, rewind a year ago, right? And there were so many people who were feeling like, like I think of the the FTX Super Bowl commercial. I think it was aired over the Super Bowl last year. And now we can kind of giggle at FTX, but the commercial was exceptional. It was like, we just passed it around in our internal slack. It was about like not missing out.
1: I call it... The wheel.
0: Hmm. I don't think so. What does it do? It it rules. Yeah, so does a bagel, okay?
1: A bagel you can eat.
0: One of the worst ideas I've ever heard. You know, a historic look at all these inventions that today are no-brainers, like a toilet, And when Mm -hmm. they were invented, folks being like, well, why would I want that? And I don't need that. We do something else. So, you know, rewind a year ago. That's the landscape. And people are so excited about crypto. Everyone's feeling like, man, I'm missing out because I'm not already in this. And, you know, a lot of folks are thinking about moving into that space professionally. And then this year happens, end of last year, early this year. Mm -hmm. And I think the sentiment is much different. But I love how you know, you still have the same passion for the space. And you kind of poked at that just now in like, you know, the, the potential impact that's still uncovered of crypto and kind of blockchain technology. So I'd love to spend a beat on that as well. If folks are listening who maybe were really excited to get into crypto and professionally into crypto and have since kind of gotten a little spooked, what advice would you have for them?
1: Yeah, I think for me, like from a purpose perspective, and this is something that we really looked into is who is Web3 and crypto like actually, you know, really impactful for? And for me, the answer that really comes to me is like, Mm. it is for those emerging markets and developing countries. You know, when we're looking at numbers, there's 1.75 billion people unbanked, you know, like, why is that number so high? And for us, we don't necessarily sense that or feel that because we're, you know, we're North America, it's one of the most developed, like the most booming markets, everyone can understand what's going on. And money isn't necessarily that big of an issue. But when we're looking at the unbanked population, and why it's so high, it's like really two reasons, right, that we kind of come across is one, there's a lack of trust in this technology, which which does stem from a lack of knowledge and education, and really openness about the space. And the second aspect of that is really well, these people don't necessarily even have the disposable income to put in to really see the benefit of this technology.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And so at the core of really Cirrus is like, okay, great. How do we take this problem now and bring a solution that encompasses that? Where, you know, with Cirrus, it's it's really simple. Like, okay, you download it and right away you're getting that value from your data already. And you can take that found value and off-ramp it into different rails, like financial opportunities, whether that's you know, fintech or DeFi, but it really does come in my opinion to like simplifying the process and seeing the bigger scope of it. I think it's very easy to get like tapped in into the zooming in part. Okay, what is blockchain? What is Web3? It's like this very techy lingo and there's so much jargon. Like, you know, finally I understand it now, but before I was like, what are all these terms? Like proof of yeah. faith, <laughs> proof of work, proof of what? Like, I don't, I don't understand. But when you just unravel like, okay, great. What's the real use case for that? Or how can people benefit? And when we unravel the benefits of it in in daily life, you know, me sending money across the world now with very little remittance fees, that's a benefit, right? Especially looking at somebody who comes from a different income level, $5 is a big deal, $10 is a big deal, right? So for us, we ignore those moments, but for some people, like they are, they are make it or break it for them into, you know, really entering a different economy, a different state in general. So I think to kind of sum that up, really, I'm very passionate about it because it really does help people in the in the technological sense of that word. And they feel that value. And of course, when we're looking at the trading site and all these things, there's different use cases for that. But I would really encourage people to to really understand what the power of Web3 is in the zooming out aspect of it. How can it affect people? And. You know, imagine if all those people are banked now. That's more innovation coming in, that's more people being part of the workforce. Like all of these things are so important. And I think sometimes we just get a little bit stuck, like just figuring about, you know, talking about what's what's the buzz right now. Okay, FTX. Oh my gosh, I'll talk about FTX for the next 300 hours. Like let's kind of isolate and really think about what's important. And when it is, you know, we're talking about those topics. It really does come back to. Well what are the core ethos of web3 which is ownership which is custody which is empowerment and inclusivity in my eyes. So yeah that's a really good question. I went on a little bit of like a, a rampage but I think I think that kind of covers my my opinion on that for sure.
0: Yeah, it's really helpful. I think just getting back to basics around I'm like okay, why were we excited about this in the first place? Yes. That opportunity and that need is still there. And Cirrus Foundation has a really big mission, kind of in that space, right? Like your your mission is very tied to equitable access to these technologies, but also to the the money that's circulated, just like generated through our own use of the internet, right? I'd love to learn a little bit more, kind of in your own words, for folks listening who have never heard about Cirrus. What what kind of work do you guys do, and you know, what's the mission behind that work?
1: Yeah, I I love that question. And I'm I'm gonna kind of go into it a little bit deeper. So I think for us, at the core of everything, to simplify it is giving value back to people, right? And and really taking that now and looking at it in the realm of the internet economy. Um, when we're looking at the internet economy, let's say like over the last even 20 years, right? Where Facebook came in, Instagram came in, Twitter, all these wonderful platforms which we love, you know. I love to post a little TikTok. I love to go to yeah. Instagram. I love to share my photos with my network and all these things. But the biggest problem that we really kind of un- unraveled and uncovered is the lack of value distribution. Right. So as we're posting all these things and as we're sharing things online, none of that information is actually ours. And I think it's like when we're when we're looking at it, it's like very scary to understand because in real life, like, we own things. I own this shirt. I own these glasses. I own this chair. I own this office. It's great. Online though, like our digital footprint, we don't own anything. We're borrowing our Twitter handle. We're posting things online, but then it's really up to Instagram, like how they, um, put permissions on that. Like at all the times we have a lot of censorship and like, even like last week I got a photo taken off because it was a, a baby photo of me and my sister, um, <laughs> And we were shirtless and it was like us, this babies. And they're like, no, sorry, there's nudity. We're going to like, we're going to, we're going to take that off. And I'm like, it's crazy because you do really don't have any say as to what happens to, to your information, to your data. And that's yeah. essentially the biggest problem in my eyes. You know, as we gain access to these services, we lost a lot of our own information, our own value. And now for the first time, we really have an opportunity to like, take that back with web three with this cutting-edge technology, it's like now we have, for the first time, we're able to actually monetize that value and have full ownership, full say, full custody over what happens to our assets. And really at the forefront, that was our biggest mission with Sirius: is like, how do we give people now the opportunity to, to take the driver's seat, right? For so long, we've been mm-hmm. kept out of it because only very few companies own our data and it's very siloed and we don't have much say. And we love these services, right? We're still going to continue to use them. I love all of them. But now it's really about the new version, a much better iteration of what's to come in this internet economy, which is more rewarding, which is more inclusive and really allows people to say, hey, you know, I'm sharing my data and that's wonderful, but I actually have value. I actually have a stake. And before all these, you know, like other assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum, all these wonderful digital assets. Data was really, and it still is, the biggest digital asset of the internet. Like think Mm. about how many people are putting their data online and it's just circulating and circulating, but we're getting none of that. So for us, that was like a no brainer to be like, great, let's come up with something very simple, very easy to use, understand that solves that problem. And not only that, but also leverages different technology now, which enables people to enter new financial opportunities with the power of that data, with the power of that value, which is monetizable, which does have value. And we've kind of been like scammed and, and bamboozled this whole time to say, Oh, no, this is the norm. Like, we we've we're really lowered our standards for how we are treated online. And now yeah. we have an opportunity to take that back. So that's a little bit like a, you know, a kind of a, a more expansive version of why and the what and the how of what we do. Uh, but really, at the core of it all is empowering people to have full ownership over their digital assets, their data, and they can earn from it as well.
0: That is so fascinating. Because, you know, I think there's been so many, just big hit documentaries around big data, Mm -hmm. and what it means for us as individuals and our privacy. And you're totally right that the folks that are profiting from our data are not us, right? And I'm a marketer. So I love having access to the the tools that data provides um but you know it's there's still like major privacy concerns and and i think kind of an equitable system where everybody everyone who's kind of feeding into this system is able to benefit is really really fascinating so sirius is currently you're I got on your website and it looks like there's a wait list um so talk to me about kind of the the phase you're in right now with your build
1: yeah i I love that. I'm like so excited about it because kind of the current state of Sierras we've had such an evolution. We started developing the product two years back and last year we kind of you know we're in beta phase we had more than twenty thousand users and then for wow. us we really had to take it back and think about, okay, great, how do we improve our product? And that just took, like, we really emphasized we want to build a product that wins the hearts and minds and souls of people. Like, how do we do that, right? There's so much technology out there. There's so much innovation out there. But how do you actually bring something that's valuable and that stands the test of time? That's, I think, in my eyes, when we're thinking about driving mass adoption, which everybody does want to do in this industry, right? It's like, how do we bring more people in? Okay, well, create a really wonderful product. And, you know, it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds, yeah. but I think for us now, what's so surreal is we've launched our product. It's uh, in private testing right now. So we have a private kind of users going through it, giving us their feedback. And it has been so surreal to like actually present people with not just the vision, um, but with a product and a product that communicates that vision to people that are like, okay, great. I understand not only what Sirius is, but how it can benefit from it. I think at the end of the day, like value is key. And if our whole concept is, you know, giving value back to people, that's exactly the kind of product that we want to bring to the table. So I'm excited for like more and more people to come into the platform to, to really get like a taste of it. And I'm excited for when we, like it's all over, like it's all across the globe. I want everyone to from like different markets, you know, like India, Africa, everywhere to really, understand like the value proposition and feel it in their day-to-day life. So I am super pumped. Like you can probably tell how excited I am because that's definitely been um, a long time coming and a lot of, a lot of work from the team, we kind of pulled it all together. So it's just been an awesome experience.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about the team. So I know that, I know that y'all are working with gun.io to supplement some of your tech um, staffing, which is awesome. I love hearing that. But who else kind of who else makes up the team? And, you know, particularly I'm interested in in advisors as well, um, because I hear that you've got some pretty heavy hitters uh, surrounding you guys. So, yeah, talk to me about the team
1: really at the core of like, okay, what does it take to build a great product and have this great business model? I think it definitely is an amazing, incredible team and. We like we are so blessed to have very prolific leaders in the tech space, right? So we have the former CEO of Apple, which is Gil Emilio. And then we also have Finus Connor, who is really the pioneer of storage solutions and hardware. And so for us, both of these advisors have been so pivotal, right? So when we're looking at, for example, Gil Emilio, I mean, his whole thing is really how do we not only leverage mega trends that are happening in the industry right now in the tech space, but how do we build technology that actually drives mass adoption and brings value to people? And so for us, understanding that, great, you know, we have this wonderful product, but how can we make it even better? Which the answer to us really was the user experience. That was like our biggest, biggest focus. For us, it's it's very the advisory is so important when we're thinking about, okay, well, what's the next stage of our product look like? Or what's how do we drive this vision and actually build products that that are liked by a lot of people and that are valuable to a lot of people? And, you know, on the other hand, we have Finest Connor, who has so much experience in the in the storage space. And I think storage and like cloud computing and everything to do with tech is so important when we are looking at it from the data ownership side. because at the core of true data ownership really is ownership of your assets, ownership of your data and how it's stored. And so for us as we're building towards decentralization, right and really okay great, you already own your assets, you own your data, let's make sure that you're also doing that on the back end because that's really at the core of everything, right? Versus right now, a lot of data is stored in like in the hands of three, four companies and th- and that's that, right? So for us getting his kind of perspective and that guidance is so powerful when we're really thinking about, okay, how do we keep driving those solutions to be better, better, and better? And, you know, their experience is also just super deep. Like Gil Emilio, he really came in as this pioneer for change in Apple, where it was during the 1990s, very turbulent times. And he had to make like very hard calls to be like, okay, how do we research this? What do we do with the product and all these mm-hmm. things? And so in every moment of time, I think there's this time for opportunities and really, leading the ship forward in the right direction. And I think that's exactly kind of what we're doing with data ownership and blockchain. It's like the perfect, you know, a match made in heaven, I think. And so having people that back that vision as well and really believe like, yeah, this is a turnaround of a time, it's fantastic. And, you know, internally our team is like the best. I love everybody. Again, super different background, but everybody's really bridged behind this vision of like, okay, let's make a difference. How can we do that? with this technology, how can we make sure people understand? Let's simplify everything, right? That's really the core of everything. Um, but yeah, very, very, very appreciative for the team. I'm learning like all the time. Like I'm always in like my <laughs> learner's mode. It's it's like since day one, I'm like, oh what can I learn? What can I learn? What can I learn? Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of been my vibe for sure on the team
0: man, that makes such a huge difference. just having mentors in the space who you feel comfortable with asking questions. I've been in the same seat. And I feel like the things that the things that we kind of convince ourselves that are not for us because we don't we weren't born understanding them is insane. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, you're right. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah.
0: It's a scam. Yeah. It, really is. <laughs> it, it totally is. Yes. Tell that to my imposter syndrome. Um, <laughs> but I love kind of like the common thread that I'm hearing through, you know, all the conversation we've had about Sirius is this obsession with the user experience and making it simple. And I see, I see a connection there between a really simple intuitive user experience and the mission of accessibility and equity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. navigating a ux that kind of favors folks who are technical is going to exclude the users that you're trying to access so i'd love to hear a little bit about just your take on how how a well designed product you know helps you helps you meet that goal of accessibility
1: mhm yeah, you are for sure right in terms of like this obsession with the user experience. And I think <laughs> if we ask anybody in our team, they would hundred percent echo that. For us, taking the taking the decision to to like actually completely pause our product in the short run, which we already had in beta version, and we had users, they loved the product, they were using it. We were like, Okay, we have to make it better. Like that was with everything that's going on in the space. With just the amount of complications it comes from people to really understand what's going on um, and how to use the product and what the benefits are and what the real value is because this is really the thing like ux is one of the biggest challenges in the web3 space and i think it's also the biggest hindrance for people Mm. really seeing the value of the space and so for us we had to make a pretty difficult decision in the short run to be like okay let's let's pause let's go back to the drawing board Let's lay out the concept. Let's put the user first, not the tech first. And of course, technology is great. But I think a lot of companies do this where they really, really focus on the, so- on the hardware, on the software, on the tech. And then the, the aspect of the user and the user experience and the user journey is like, oh, yeah, okay, well, they'll get it. It's like they probably won't, you know, because you have these rose colored glasses when you're in the product, we're developing it. You're like, oh, everyone's going to get it. It's so simple. And then it's like, will your mom get it? Will your grandma get it? Will your sister get it? Or are yeah. they going to be like, what the heck is this? This crypto thing you guys are showing me again. I don't understand. And so for us, it was like the biggest priority. And we ended up working with one of the best uh, designer firms in California with, you know, amazing designers who really were a big guide guidance for us throughout this process. A lot of iterations. And I'm sure, you know, just kind of like how that goes, but a lot of iterations through How do we want to present our vision and the functionality of the product in a very simple way? Right. Because I think that really is the kicker. You can have so much functionality, but if the user doesn't feel that fluidity and doesn't feel that flow right away of like, oh, okay, this is so intuitive, then it's, then you didn't, your mission is not complete. Right. So you can push for saying like, oh, we have the best product out there. But what do the people actually think? And so for us, like where we are today, that's probably the biggest um, and most important point. It's like, okay, well, what do people have to say? And what's people's feedback? And from user experience side, I'm like so proud of it. I know it's probably biased, but it is like so sleek and and simple and easy to use. And we've had that feedback from people already. So for me, that's like a very surreal feeling because yes, there's different functions in the product. And as we layer more things on, that are more tech, you know, techie and kind of all these different, how do you present that to the user? For us, like onboarding was, was a huge thing. So as a user, when you download the app, how does it communicate with you? What's the, like, what's, how do you feel about it? And so for us, it was like, okay, great. Let's lay out all the functionality from, you know, the surf and earn feature and the data vault to the multi-currency wallet and all the different assets that are in there. Um, and kind of the Sierra score, which I'm like super excited about to tell you about as well. How do we lay all these functionalities out in a way that's simple? So for us, user experience was definitely our best friend because yeah. it was like the biggest, the biggest focus. And I'm, I'm definitely proud and, and very like honored to, to present our product to people. And maybe this is just my biased opinion, but I'm excited <laughs> for people to test to like kind of really see it, experience it, and yeah. then let us know what they think.
0: Well, I can't wait to use it. I feel like yes, um, I'm
1: excited for you to use it. I'm so yeah. excited
0: hearing you talk about the the features. It's just it's it's super cool to see you're fired up. So, what's the Cirrus score?
1: Okay, so the Cirrus score is like my biggest excitement from this whole product. And essentially, what it is is like we have this orb in in the middle of the app, and that's kind of like how it welcomes you. It's this alive orb, a representation and a reflection of your digital footprint. So as you're browsing, as you're surfing and earning, that Sierra score continues to grow. And then as it essentially serves as the key to unlock this whole world of Web3, right? So whether that's different services like banking or launching a node or doing like a referral network, whatever these different aspects of FinTech and DeFi can be, the Sierra score enables you to have access to that. So what's cool about it is like, okay, you don't actually have to, Add any more value to that? It's just your your found value already from your from your digital assets from your data. So for me, I'm super excited for it. You know, we have different initiatives that are already in the pipeline. Even from a social impact standpoint, like we have a really awesome partner which we're going to announce uh, soon, which really enables people within the platform to actually donate through the, the blockchain. Right, so you can actually a lot of times when we donate, it's like a one stop shop. We donate and then we're like, I don't really know what happened. I don't really know what the impact was made. So what they're doing is something really, really cool because once you donate to the cause, you're really able to track that through the supply chain and see like, okay, well, this was the impact made. And and so like, I think that's very cool for the first time. It's like, again, technology is making all this possible, but at the core of everything really is like the purpose aspect of it. So yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a little bit about the Sears core. I'm like, it's my favorite. I'm excited about it.
0: Oh, I can't wait to use it. It's going to be so much fun. Well, Julia, this has been awesome. Um, I would love to tell people where they can find you and Cirrus. Um, where are you guys most active? If folks want to get in touch with you directly, how should they do that?
1: For sure. Yeah. So, Cirrus, we're very active on Twitter. So, I would direct you to Twitter or our website, cirrusfoundation.com or Cirrus Foundation on Twitter. And that personally for me, LinkedIn is probably my best point of connection working on my Twitter game right now. So that's, that's <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I'm still not there, you know, I think Twitter is like so big and in the web three and crypto. So we got to up our game faith and then we'll, we'll yeah. follow each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that sounds good. You'll be like my eighth follower. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> well Julia this has been awesome I'm so excited to get on the wait list um, and give Sirius a spin and it was so cool to hear about your professional journey Um, and I think a lot of folks will resonate with that so hopefully we can get you back on the pod soon
1: I appreciate it Faith you were like an amazing host and just really great discussion I'm happy I kind of got to meet more of the team and like go into Gundario a little bit more because everyone's literally awesome
0: (laughs) right Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io. We drop two episodes per week. So if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at the Frontier Pod and we'll see you next week.